Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent breed is people! Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the south side of St. Louis, this is Real Spoilers. This is a super bonus episode. We don't have a number for it. We'll call it maybe an annual issue, since uh, I'm a comic book guy, so we'll call it an annual. Just to get these real plugs out of the way, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Uh, You can join the League of Show Sharers on there as well. Jump in. Join the conversation, all that good stuff. Real Spoilers on Twitter. Also, if you feel like donating, don't forget we have a Patreon, five bucks a month, gets you some free content, uh, commentaries, some movies that probably would cover, you know, that we wouldn't cover on the show. So I've got three super special guests. We recently covered their movie Ready or Not uh, on a most recent episode. So let's have these fine gentlemen introduce themselves to you. Gentlemen, after you. What's up? There's one. Special guest number one. My name is Tyler. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Thank you. Special guest number two. I am Chad Valella, and thanks so much for having us on this today. Absolutely. And special guest number three. I am Matt. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah! You three guys are the creative team behind Ready or Not, are you not? It's a fact. <laughs> it's a fact. Truth. We are. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. We are, we, are a, we are a small corner of the creative team behind Ready or Not, but yeah. we, are, we are the radio silence portion of the creative team behind Ready or Not. And I'm glad you brought that up. So radio silence uh, is you three gentlemen kind of came together as a group uh, prior to 2011, but Radio Silence was born in 2011. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair. And you guys did, uh, in 2012, there was a segment, and that was the 103198 segment, correct? Yes, a VHS. A VHS. Yep. Yes, correct, a VHS, which I got to tell you, had some of the great, the best visuals in that entire thing. Wow, thanks, man. The hands coming out of the wall uh, was some of the creepiest stuff I've I'd seen. I love that 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 segment and those movies in general, but that segment with the, with the hands coming out of the walls was creepy. Shout out to Justin Martinez, the yeah. VFX guy who did, who did all the incredible effects work in, in our segment. Yeah, it was, it was good stuff. And then, so then we had uh, devil's due in 2014. Yep. Let's just skip right past that one. And talk about <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then Southbound, which actually I just, I just watched both of those movies uh, today. Oh, wow. that's, amazing. That's, a, that, that's a busy morning. It yeah. is a little bit, yeah. You know, you, you drop the kids <laughs> off, and then you just plop down and watch some good some good horror stuff. So coming out of VHS, you guys kind of went into the found footage genre with Devil's Due, which had some some really good, I thought some really good, I, I find found footage to be, I think by that point, it was a little bit overdone. Is that fair? Yep. You know? Uh, but there was some good some good stuff in that movie. I thought the instead of it being uh, one of those, we're just like, why does he have a camera? Like you gave a legitimate reason as to why the husband has a camera. Yeah, man, that was, found footage is tricky. We we obviously there's a there's a real um, we have a soft spot for it. It's we, we having you know made a made a handful of projects, shorts, and then devils do in that in that style. There are certainly a lot of things that we love about it. It is, uh, it's a tricky, it's a tricky format. We tried to reinvent it as, as in as many ways as we could, but you know, it's a, uh, it is a, it's a format that is very much limited by the kind of rules 
you're if you're playing by the rules of found footage, you really have to work hard at finding at answering that question of why am I seeing what I'm seeing? Why don't the characters turn the camera off and sure. and help the one the person that they love when you know when they when they could? Um, though I think we're seeing now more and more that people are doing terrible things, and instead of helping the, those in need, people are pulling out their phones and recording it. Um, we're sort of entering a new <laughs> fucked up world of found footage in our in our culture. Do you think it's possible that given where we are in the culture with cell phones and GoPros, do you think that found footage could make a comeback? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, we we going to do something new. Yeah. I guess when you look at you know when you look at the Blair Witch or you look at Paranormal Activity, I guess those are kind of the two most successful found footage flicks. I guess I feel like with the technology that we have today, like the idea of somebody holding a camera is easier to accept, maybe, and never putting it down. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, so those are, that's and then, we, and then uh, in 2015, you guys did Southbound, which I also just watched. That's a crazy ass movie. In the best way. <laughs> yeah, that one. That, that one's a little bonkers, right? Yeah, totally. That was a lot like, of fun. I mean, it, that's just bringing the team back together from VHS. So a lot of the same people that did VHS did did Southbound, and we like coming off of Devil's Due and everything. We just wanted to get back to you know working with people that we really like and admire, and have a good time with a movie. Um, and you know that one all came together pretty quickly. We all got together every Wednesday night at Roxanne Benjamin's place and had pizza and worked on our stories together. It was That one was a lot of fun. I was going to ask how that process is, given that... So the basic premise of that movie is every... We start off with a story, and then every subsequential story is connected somehow. Right. So did you guys figure out what your stories wanted to be and then find that connective tissue, or was the connective tissue always there? Um, basically, we, we, we went in... Brad Miska initially pitched it as like sub, uh, a subgenre um, anthology film, so like where each segment would be a little bit different. But um, we we wanted to we came up with the idea for like what basically the hook is with which is the inter interconnected um, shorts. We called them zipper transitions and how they zipper into each other. And they're like we need to be a little bit more thematically together as to what this world is and where we are. And basically just created the sandbox for everybody to to play in okay um and, and without giving any spoilers away or anything like that because we'd, we'd love people to go watch it and, and let us know their thoughts I, that yeah it's pretty sorry yeah well, there we go all right cool there is yeah. no escape the life is darkness have fun enjoy southbound <laughs> enjoy southbound yeah so so i have one question that i don't think will spoil anything what was the connection to the gal working uh, at the gas station, and the the dude looking uh, the who it was the the oh wait it was you guys were you guys looking for her the uh, the person working at the gas station so there's the girl working at the gas station that uh, Sutter you guys actually see right yeah, Sutter yeah okay and then earlier in the movie like in the at the segment previous. Don't one of you guys hold up a picture of her? We're no, the oh. picture is of the younger daughter um, that we see at the end of the first segment. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. What, what did what 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 ha- I don't what happened? Like why why were they looking for her? Or is that a spoiler? They were looking for the family. They're they the guys the guys in the truck in the last segment are looking for the are looking for the dad who is essentially responsible for the death of. Of the guy's daughter. Got uh, it. Mitch's 
Mitch's daughter. So it's kind of a it's kind of a revenge quest that that goes further than um than they anticipate okay okay well yes go check out southbound uh i don't know i mean it's on amazon right now which is where i watched it uh and it's fantastic it's a good little uh you know tales in the crypts kind of you know black mirror slash twilight zone flick and then uh finally in 2019 you guys hit the hit the ground running with ready or not which was a flick that i was insanely excited for from the jump and it delivered exactly everything that I wanted it to be. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was great. So you guys had Samara Weaving yep. coming off of The Babysitter and Mayhem, which are two flicks if you haven't seen. Go do that. And so how did that one come about? Like, what, where did, what was the creative process on that one? That was a, that was a kind of a long process, uh, getting it going, and then a very quick process once it got going, because uh, the script got sent to us shortly after maybe Devil's Due, like 2014, 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and we didn't get it. Oh. It was called Family Ritual at the time. We didn't uh, They hired somebody else. Idiots. Those yeah. bastards. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> And then it came back around after Southbound, and they were kind of looking for a new take on it. And we were like, yes, we'd love to. It'd be wonderful. Like, please. <laughs> and Trip, Trip uh, Vincent, Jamie Vanderbilt are the producers. So we worked with them and the writers, Guy and Ryan, for a while. And then Searchlight got on board, like, I think it was the day after Trump was elected. So 2016. Oh, gross. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we worked on it with Searchlight for a while, uh, kind of honing it in on, on like, just focusing it. It was a longer story. It had more in, it was like four days. It was meet the family, not a wedding. Oh, okay. So we got okay. it down. It's a survive the night movie. It's about the wedding. It's about the bride. Um, and I think that's when it really clicked for everyone and searchlight gave it the go ahead. And then Samara was the first person who got cast. Like, and once we got Samara, everything else kind of started to fall in place. I, I feel like this is, uh, her breakout performance. It should be. She deserves it. Yeah. She's fucking fantastic. Yeah, man. She's a movie star. Man, she's so good. So I'm glad you brought up the Fox Searchlight thing. Was there any... So given what happened with... Uh, what was There was another flick that actually got pulled because of the fear of what it could in, entice. Yeah, the hunt. The hunt. The yeah. hunt, yeah. So when the Disney deal goes down, was there any fear from you guys that, oh, crap, maybe ours is going to get shit can too or was it always just like we're just going there's no worries uh let's just roll i don't know if there was any fear i don't know if we had any specific fear that that was that that was going to be the outcome of ready or not we um i mean we knew that the studio was was way behind the film the message of of the project you know ready or not is we should also, I should start by saying that none of us have seen The Hunt, so it's hard for us to, sure, which is kind sure. of the problem, right? Like, we all culturally seem to have, there's there's an opinion about a movie that nobody has seen, which feels a little bit, um, it's a little bit irresponsible. On the no, part I, of, I completely <laughs> agree. Um, so, so who, who the fuck knows what, what the message of that movie is, but... You know, we can say just sort of based on what we do know about the hunt that um, Ready or Not is like is less is it's not apolitical. I mean, obviously, like it's hard to make a piece of we explode the one percent. Yeah, any kind of piece of art that's not that's totally apolitical. Right. Like our opinions are very much present in in Ready or Not, but we're not. Um, 
there, there's nothing about ready or not that that in any way, shape, or form is glorifying. We don't think you know the, the violence that uh, that that is in the movie. Like it's it's very fucked up and very intense, and the situation is all very heightened. But there's also sort of an absurdist quality to it. Sure. So sure. I, I don't think that we were ever really worried about it. I think that we were we were worried about um, about a trend being set by that choice and. Um, by, you mean, you mean by, all by maybe be worried about that a little bit? You were worried that you by Universal canning the movie or or shelving the movie for the time being. Yeah, like we just don't. Right. We aren't sure that that's the best way to you know to to enter to. to I, there's no. We need, the art needs to be creating conversations, and part of that is that you know we should be willing to well one vote with our dollars. If you're not interested in in seeing something, then you don't right. have to see it. Like nobody's being forced to watch to watch the hunt. Um, but that good art is, is also supposed to uh, is supposed to challenge people and challenge their perspectives and maybe have a conversation or at least start a conversation that that we culturally are having a hard uh, a difficult time having and um, so it's it's a uh, that uh, that's a scary it's a slippery slope when you start um, you know canceling the release of of of, of a movie um, so yeah I don't it's it's interesting it's a, it was a strange it was a strange kind of thing to be sort of sucked into because obviously we were kind of we were adjacent to it and and um so it was a, yeah it was, it was a fascinating fascinating thing to watch happen yeah um and then the disney deal happens and was there any i guess was there any concern that disney might shelve a bunch of the fox searchlight stuff so obviously we on on the show we talked about the disney stuff and how um you know, maybe Fox Searchlight. We don't. We don't know what that life is going to be post Disney. Right. Was there any concern when when the Disney deal happens, uh, like where this movie was going to live? Like if it was going to live under the Disney banner, if it was going to live under Fox Searchlight, was it? Or how does that work? Well, I mean, Searchlight, to their credit, are pretty siloed off from the rest of Fox and the rest of Disney because they make movies that the other, the big that big Fox and Disney just do not make. Sure. So I think I think if they do get um, absorbed into the Disney machine, it's going to be down the line okay. a little bit. Okay. Um, so they assured us that there would be no like hiccups or anything because of the merger, because you know they're they're basically bigger fish to fry for Disney when they're you know consuming Fox. Um, trying to get so, that Fantastic Four next Men. That's all exactly. Yeah, yeah, you need the next Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, because those um, those previous ones. The first were so two good. were great. Yeah, first yeah, three yeah, man. Don't forget yeah, like, yeah. there's that third no, one right. that yeah, nobody right. really talks about. <laughs> right. They were all in in terms of the creative side of everything, and and they assured us everything. And then it got to the marketing side too, and it was on Searchlight's. They're one of their largest marketing spends and the widest release for Searchlight ever. Which oh, really? I, I think I think that was advantageous to us and the Disney because of the Disney thing because they're like, look, we could make we can make commercial movies too, not just you know Oscar winners that like two hundred and fifty people like, <laughs> right. and, and uh, so they they use that muscle to our advantage, and that was something something um, that we were we were very grateful for, and we loved what they did, you know. Um, and just speaking back to how that Disney Fox merger does kind of screw things up. Right before we went into pre-production on Ready or Not, we wrote a a movie for for 20th Century Fox that is now in kind of limbo you because did. yeah, just the script. Um, a lot of people are interested. Um, we're you know we're we're hoping it gets off the ground again, but it's just like one of those things. Like where does this live um, in this new universe? And people can't just find a place for it yet. So that got stalled a little bit after 
you know, while we were in production and in even in post of ready, ready or not. Okay. So there, there was like, a, like a good a benefit for us, and also like, oh no, that kind of, you know, was a little bit of thwarting our master plan to take over the world through yeah. Fox, um, <laughs> or so it goes. Right. So uh, we had a little bit of a debate on the show when we were talking about ready or not. Um, I'm a horror nerd, but I was hesitant to call ready or not a horror movie. Is that what I was? Am I right, or am I going to have to issue a, no, you're, an apology to my? Well, you should apologize. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, we 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 talked about that a lot, and it's like you know, obviously, our our kind of goal with the movie was to have as much as is possible when you're making a movie that you know borrows borrows tropes from other things. Sure. To 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 still kind of give it a singular tone where you could be like, oh, that's. We didn't want to copy tone. We wanted to kind of try to create a tone. Okay. And and to that end, we were very aware that we were like, this is not... If you go into this movie wanting just like a classic horror movie, you might be let down because, you know, we shy away from the blood sometimes until we don't. Uh, uh, that's what makes, I think, it the most effective. That, that's, that's how we feel, too. And honestly, at the end of the day, a lot of it is just taste. It's like, it's what we like. And... And we, we always kind of use the guiding principle of like, we are making a horror movie, but it always has to feel like a thriller and it should also be funny. That's you what know? I called like, it. It's like a, it's like a funnier, your next. Totally. And I don't I, mean I'm that. I'm not going to say if it's funnier than your next. I have no idea, but <laughs> have you not? But, so I, I said that the, the triple feature for the, for this would be ready or not cabin in the woods and your next. That'd be great. We'd, that, we'd be honored to be in that in that trilogy. Well, you deserve to be in that trilogy because that it's they all fit perfectly together. But I do think I think and I think Samara Weaving is the the funniest part of the movie, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I think her delivery on certain lines was the inflection and the way she delivered certain things, like when the gun doesn't go off. Yeah, just the look on her face, like "Good lord!" Like, of course, of course, she is like a unique talent like all those things that can kind of you know if you just watch the movie on the surface level and you're like oh it's a fucking movie about hide and seek and whatever blah blah blah. it's fine yeah hopefully you enjoy it but like if you pay attention to like the nuance of 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 sam and the rest of the cast really but but she has an ability to play fear like she's empathetic she's funny she has all of the colors happening when they need to, it's, 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 it's a kind of control that you rarely see. At least I don't. Uh, and, and to have her do something like this, where she could really use them all was such a treat. Like yeah. she, I, I, we jokingly said this Halloween, uh, I have a feeling that you're going to see a bunch of Harleys. You're going to see a bunch of, uh, I don't Mira's maybe, I don't know, but I, that the wedding dress <laughs> with the, with the Chucks, with the like the elef- like the the Rambo you know Chewbacca you know belt around the shoulders, I think we're gonna see. <laughs> hopefully we see a lot of that because that just when she tears what I thought was insanely awesome and so smart on your guys's part was as her character changes, she's almost like John McClane. We talked about that so much. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good reference. Yeah. yeah. Like her, her clothes get dirtier. Like McLean wears that god awful watch. I don't know how that. I own those kind of shirts and they don't last long. So the fact that that movie, that shirt lasted that entire movie is insane to me. <laughs> but like she, so she tears the, the bottom of the dress off and her character changes a little bit. She tears exactly. the, the arm off 
and the character changes again, and she's getting even more and more badass. So I thought the costume changes with her character was super brilliant on everybody's part. Yeah, it was a really fun way to track to track her arc to have this thing that she's you know that she's wearing as a second skin really showcase all of the shit that she's been through. And we also just really loved this idea when we were talking early on about what the dress should look like. And in early drafts of the script, it was actually written very specifically as as um as a spaghetti strap dress. And we were like, "No, we need to we need to add more layers to it. It needs to be long sleeve because we love the idea that the dress, as the movie, as the story progresses, that the dress becomes kind of its own survival kit. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It, it's first is sort of, it's 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 this um, it's an obstacle, right? That she has to overcome at first, and she tears the tears the bottom off of it, and then its use throughout the the rest of the film is. Um, you know, there's she uses the sash to strangle Stevens. She uses the the uh, the sleeve as a tourniquet on her hand. That it it becomes this thing that um that's serving her. That's uh, that's being used in a in a fun and interesting and, and ironic and and believable way. Yeah. Uh, we 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 wanted there to be so we wanted the character to be really represented in that costume. And our our costume designer Avery, she um. She really, she crushed it on all the costumes, but that wedding dress is so iconic, and, and it was the thing, I think we were we were nervous that the, that we were going to get a ton of notes on it. You know, wardrobe is something that the studios usually have a lot of opinions about, and, and it was, there was no, there was, there, that was it. Like, that wedding dress, it, it, she, she put it on Sam, and it was like, this is the fucking perfect thing, never got any notes on it. It was just, it was like, it absolutely totally made sense when when we saw it for the first time no and i think that's that, that that's brilliant the uh just the like you said the the john mcclain-esque nature of her character um worked perfectly with that dress i think if it had been the spaghetti strap dress it maybe i mean i'm sure she would have made it work but i think that the the long sleeves and like the the lace turtleneck uh only added to the badassery that was her character um, so yeah, so I kind of just want to talk about pick your brains a little bit, uh, how you guys got into horror. Um, I think a lot of our listeners, uh, kind of all come from the eighties. I know that I did. Um, and like the slasher genre kind of kicked off my love for the genre, whether that's good or bad, depending on what psychiatrist you want to talk to. Right. <laughs> so where, where did your love of horror start? Um, well, for me, it's like I grew up outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So all the the George Romero stuff that kind of grew, I, I grew up on um, and definitely had a love for. Uh, in fact, like when we I used to go shopping for clothes when I was a kid, um, we would go to the mall that Dawn of the Dead was filmed at. The Monroeville so, Mall? The Monroeville Mall. That's yeah. Awesome. So that's, that's that great. was my local mall. Um, so so that, you know, just knowing that horror existed, knowing that I'm buying my Nikes here, but there was like you know, a zombie apocalypse happening here too. It's right, like, right, right. Oh, this is pretty, this is pretty fantastic. And you, you get, you get a love for horror. You get a love for just filmmaking in general, um, just from growing up in, in that type of environment and, and, and also from living in the woods and having a, a wild imagination. Absolutely. I think mine, mine's kind of like a few things. It started, my dad and I used to watch the twilight zone marathons. Well, we'd watch twilight zones every Saturday night. There'd be two episodes on our local, like, on coffee if you're in the bay area uh 
and, and we'd watch we'd watch two episodes like almost almost every weekend. And then during Thanksgiving, there'd be a marathon and we tape them all and then watch them. And that was like my first introduction when I was like a kid, you know, like very young to that sort of thing. While it's not quite horror, it's like in that world. And then it's like horror adjacent tour adjacent yeah. you know it makes you it makes you interested in that kind of stuff you know and then we also catch outer limits a lot and like that that which is a little more sci-fi but and then and then uh i think the two that really like solidified it for me were dream warriors oh man they showed it at my fucking school when i was in elementary school no they as didn't ward yeah i mean tyler and chad heard this story a million times but they they showed it at my elementary school as a reward for like not getting in trouble that year. Oh my God. I, I'm sure heads rolled. I have no idea. I was too young to know, but like, you know, I must've been 10 or something. Sure. And, and I also remember a friend got a copy of lost boys as soon as it got on VHS. And those, that, that was the other one that was like, Oh my God, what is this? This is, and I grew up near Santa Cruz. So like I was familiar with like where the setting in a really like, personal way so it felt so real to me yeah like in in the best way uh but that those, those are the big ones for me when i was young that's awesome yeah and i i kind of came up i mean i came up reading comic books so i probably through through that medium but movie wise i mean i uh i think my first my first like genre experiences were probably alien predator and Killer Clowns from Outer Space was the first movie my, my dad ever bought for me. Like, I owned that on VHS. It was, you know, he gave it to me on, on like, for a birthday, and we watched it together until the tape, the tape blew out. <laughs> sure, sure. But there was always something. I was always so intrigued by the, the stuff that my parents were watching and the things that were forbidden. Um, RoboCop, like, those movies that were, that were I knew that I shouldn't be watching them. Um, and so those, I think that was probably my, my intro, like Alien, Predator, Killer Clowns, RoboCop. Like those were the movies that I felt there was a, there was an element of danger in, <laughs> in having the experience that was so contagious and so exciting. So my dad actually, when Blockbuster first came into St. Louis, which was like 90, 93, 92, 93, the, he worked at a Blockbuster. So he would take the posters. Oh, that's awesome. I have a killer. I had. I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. I had a killer clowns about from outer space poster, which was like the one where he's, uh, it's the clown hand spinning the earth like a basketball. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I remember that one so well. <laughs> that was a poster Very that I cool. had. Oh, great. For me, I'm a carpenter guy. Uh, I I became a carpenter guy as I got older, but my first entry to the, his world was Halloween. That I was way too young to see like i had a babysitter who's like no you'll be fine just watch this movie and it it, it was not a good experience for a great the, babysitter the, the seven-year-old that was <laughs> just exposed it was you know like you know nbc would it is show an 80s it. movie yeah, yeah. but yeah, it, like nbc like... would show it there was like the nbc cut that was that was different and that was what i saw and it like the scene when jamie lee curtis stands up and the face the shape comes from behind her and they, you know, Dean Cundy does that lighting where the, he illuminates the face and that's all you can see. Right. Uh, it was game over. Like I, I, I did not uh, do well after that. It was not, uh, you know, the, the uh, ramifications. I don't think we had that babysitter after that. Now that I think about it, <laughs> it's amazing. I don't think she came back around. So are, what are you guys watching now? Like what, uh, what's, what's some stuff that get kind of gets the, the creative juices going or, 
that you guys are into right now? That's a great question. Good question. Right now, I mean, uh, the most recent things I've watched are just Mindhunter and The Righteous Gemstones. I was literally going to say the same two things. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> those aren't those aren't in the horror space. Uh, um, I think Mindhunter can slip in. Yeah, there. Mindhunter. Yeah, it could be. It definitely could be. And you know, and and that's something different. But another show. I, I sorry, I've been I've been plugging the show a lot. Is a uh, is called Black Spot. It's a French show. It's on it's on Netflix right now. Season one was on Amazon. That's when I started watching it two years ago. Season two just came out recently. But it's it's a really cool small small town in like this remote forest in France um, where a murder happens. So it has like a little Twin Peaks vibe going okay, on. Okay. Um, but then when you get into the woods, you realize there's like a actual uh, pagan like a mysticism or fantasy going on in the forest. But it's so grounded and it's it's, just, it's a really interesting show. Um, and it's in French, so I have to watch the entire screen and not <laughs> look course. at my phone. Um, so I could read it and know what's going on. So it's like I'm definitely been into into that one lately um, to, to like try to find things that are like that are just not in our world, but, you know, but grounded by our world. Um, that is a lot of fun. Can I tell you that in Mindhunter, the the slow burn to get to Gary Ridgeway is driving me nuts okay. in, in like oh. the best way? Well, it's not Gary Ridgway. I'm it's sorry. BTK, it's uh, it's right? BTK. Uh, yeah, it's BTK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The BTK stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're it's, like it's hilarious. It's like it's, I mean, it honestly, like it's a like joke. a five season tease. It I, is. I, That's right. I don't know. Who, they got a long way to go yet. They got 25 years to go <laughs> before they act, like go to get there. It's it's pretty amazing. There's actually I just I just read uh, a comic, well, a graphic novel. God can't call it a comic because people get mad. By uh, Jonathan Case, uh, <laughs> called the hunt for the I think it's the hunt for the Green River Killer, and yeah, the, it's great. The, the guy, yeah, the guy's comics. dad was it, it was the guy's dad was the detective, right? Yeah. What an it like yeah. just could you imagine How crazy like just that whole yeah. like doing that your entire life whole your whole life is built around this case and then you kind of like go away and then you're like oh by the way uh, here's here he is you know and you get a, a you actually get an ending unbelievable yeah to that case. Yeah, but yeah, I think so Mindhunter, where they've just been, you know, at the end of season one, when they teased BTK, you're just like, well, all right, that's all we're going to get. And then just like the little snippets through the Atlanta child killer. Yeah. And now here, I, don't, I, I assume we're going to get something in season three. Who knows? I don't know. Or or whatever the last season is. I mean, <laughs> the funny thing about Mindhunter we always talk about is that for all the things that are funny about it, like that, that choice, it's still like the most watchable show I've I've experienced in like a long time where I'm like I just I want to just watch it over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah, totally. So hypnotic. It's it's I don't so think I've hypnotic. ever seen somebody able to capture like the feel of an you know like sometimes when these directors step in like you know a list directors step in to do an episode of a TV show they kind of put their imprint on it and I don't think I've seen somebody capture David Fincher so well. Yeah, agreed. Like that whole show just feels like a Fincher show because they, you know, yeah. and I'm not going to say he sets the tone, man. I mean, he's, he just he sets it and he's like, here, here's a blueprint. Yeah, it's like, like when, Rob, fucking, when yeah. Rob Zombie does an episode of CSI, you're like, well, that all right. That's weird. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's I guess that works. Or Kevin Smith, Kevin, who I love Kevin Smith. But like mm-hmm. when he's doing like Supergirl, you're just like, well, it doesn't really. All right. It doesn't really feel like a Kevin Smith thing when he's directing Supergirl. But who am I? You know. I'm just a kid right. doing a podcast. Like I don't, I don't know my butt from the hole <laughs> on the ground. Uh, what about you? What anybody else? What are you guys watching or or something current that you guys have seen that? Kind of... I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching that that animated show Undone on Amazon, which is a 
fucking treat. Is that the Aubrey Plaza show? No, it's it. It looks like Aubrey Plaza. It's Rosa Salazar who okay. was in um, Alita: Battle Angel and uh, the the uh, Maze Runner movies. It is mm-hmm. a it is a remarkable show. It's it's kind of it's kind of sci-fi fantasy. It's kind of a show about the afterlife. It it mixes genres. Um, it's just like wildly inventive, and it's fast and it's strange. And um, it's funny as hell. It's a, it's a very awesome uh, experience. And it's also inspiring. Like, it's it, given the format and, and what they do with the animation, it takes these really crazy visual risks that, um, that, that, are, that are, like, singular to the show. That, you, you know, you couldn't do it any other way. It, it feels like the concept and, uh, and how the concept was created and how it's being, you know, how it's being shown to people is this sort of perfect thing. It was designed so well to do what it does. Uh, so check that out. It's, it's very much worth your time. Is it very in the, is it in the vein of Scanner Darkly? Like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. It's a rotoscope on top of a live action frame. Um, but they, but it has its own, it has its own identity. It, it feels a little Scanner Darkly, but it's, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it there's a there's a hand drawn kind of feel to it that's that's really nice. It's sort of rough around the edges in a way that's really um that's really endearing and really kind of lets you in. Okay, I, that's a it's, it's been on my list, and I you know obviously I had a little bit of uh, stuff to do this morning, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Like I know that uh, for me, it was, go ahead. Oh, I've just been watching old stuff. I've been I've been kind of like on a. I think in the last month I've watched like Jaws, the original Star Wars trilogy, Dirty Harry, Die Hard, Terminator, Aliens. You know, like I've just been doing like a a trick down Classic. all my favorite movies. Yeah, I, that, I, you that, know, I don't see anything wrong with them. any of that. It's been a real fucking treat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's also nice to go back and realize I actually just rewatched Terminator One and Two, Same. and it's just like yeah, yeah, these are like. We were talking about this on the show about the the idea of the final girl, and I think that kind of goes into Ready or Not, uh, where Samara Weaving is definitely a final girl, and how Linda Hamilton is a final girl, and Sigourney Weaver is a final girl. Right. We asked on the show, is like, is that something that's going to go away as more directors put uh, female actors in positions of like lead roles or like action heroes? Uh, I mean, you look at uh, Brie Larson or Scarlett Johansson or uh, any of those characters, any of those gals from the Marvel stuff, uh, Gal Gadot. Like, do you guys think that the final girl concept is something that may go away? As- well, it's weird. Like, we never we never talked about uh, Grace as a final girl. And I know Samara has been saying it should be final woman. Which nope, great, totally. but, I'm fine with that. Uh, if we, we and- can call that. Yep. But, but it's funny. It's like we never thought about her in that way in the character. And and it's funny. We've, we've had we've had a few people talk about the final girl aspect in ours. And it's funny because I, I think we all agree with it conceptually. But there's also a part of us that's like, well, we've seen 10,000 movies where there's just a dude up against a bunch of odds and then they kill everybody. Sure. And we don't we don't call them something like a final boy or, anything. you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. this weird like. She's just a woman who's kicking ass, and and especially like in our movie, it's like she's not even a superhero. She doesn't like she like she like 
at the end, it's she's literally cornered until people start blowing up. Right. Even right, though right. she fought like a fucking badass to get there. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and so we tried to subvert a lot of that in little ways. But it's it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation because I, I do think that, you know, for us, it's more it's more interesting to tell the story of someone who is a, who is an outsider than someone who is on the inside. OK. And just the way that our society has been shittily constructed, women are on the outside. Sure. So it's 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 a more interesting character and it's a more it's a more heroic story to tell because it's a farther it's a farther journey to go on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. It's 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 interesting. It's an interesting conversation. I, I, uh, I think that that term will evolve. That's I think it's less about you know like a like a Linda Hamilton or a, you know a Sigourney Weaver or Samara Weaving being a final girl, and it's just more about the like what the evolution of that is. I don't I don't I don't think I, I'm trying to remember the last the last movie I saw recently where you had a classic final girl, someone who is like screaming in terror who has no idea how to how to deal I mean with the so I was thinking the same thing yeah, I guess I guess and that um, and that she, character, she hits she, all the tropes of it. she I gotta tell you right because she and she doesn't ever really actively she doesn't ever really actively like sort of work against or fight against I mean that's a that's a yeah that's a really interesting example of that there have been few few movies that I have been legitimately fucked up like I, when I first saw that, when I saw the first, the original Last House, that was the first time oh, I ever right. had to pause yeah. it and be like, you know what, I'm gonna come back. This feels too real. So like, yeah. there was just an element of that movie that just felt too real. And I saw it Midsummer, and I, it's the, it's the only other time that I've ever felt like I don't want to be in this movie anymore. Like I, which is I'm, funny because the only time I've had that is Hereditary. <laughs> oh really? Where I was like. I can't do it. Can't do it. Maybe it's because I just had a kid and I was like, that whole thing that happens in the middle. I was like, wow, this is a really well, well made movie. But like, I am, I'm, and I know that it's supposed to be making me uncomfortable, but it's making me uncomfortable in a way that I'm uncomfortable with being this uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. Which is, exactly. Which is a testament to the movie, how well the movie's made. I was just like, wow. Yeah. I can't even fuck with this. Like, no. no, like I remember, so I saw, I, we were doing both, like we did two episodes back to back. And we did Spider-Man and Midsommar. And I saw Midsommar first and then Spider-Man, like, in the same day at the theater. Like, it it honestly had an effect of my enjoyment of Spider-Man. <laughs> because I That's... couldn't stop. Like, <laughs> you ruined it, Spider-Man. It did. It did. I had to see Spider-Man a second time. I was like, okay, I've taken enough time between this and Midsommar. But, like, I felt like Ari Aster kind of has... Obviously, he said that his next movie, he doesn't want it to be a horror movie. But there was just some, like the un, I think a lot of horror movies to me are filmed at night, right? So everything's in the dark. Midsommar, it's daylight all the time. And it's just, it just left you feeling so uneasy. And now I don't know if I want to see that three hour cut. <laughs> I, like, I barely made it through the two hour cut. Yeah. Not it. No, not for me. But like, apparently, I, I just somebody just posted a picture of something that I didn't even notice. Where like, the scene where Danny is being lifted up, like on that uh, that platform, and they're kind of like after. She, I think it's after she wins. Oh, like, the face yeah. in the bushes. Didn't notice it until somebody pointed it out, and I was like, yeah, that's why it fucked me up because I'm seeing this shit that I didn't know was there, and now you're bringing it to my attention. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's why. Yeah, he's he's kind of smart. That was that was good. 
Yeah, yeah. The crowd, well, yeah, he's just such a great, I mean, he's a, he's a incredibly skilled filmmaker. Absolutely. I think, Matt, as you said, like, you ha- you're having the experience he wants you to have. It's just the question is whether or not you want to be having that experience. <laughs> They're so, his movies are so brutal and hard to watch. They, they really are. Uh, so is there, is there anything on the horizon for you guys that you guys are looking forward to? I'm going to go watch Midsommar when we get off. Your bold move, brother. <laughs> the, I'm going to find the longest cut possible. <laughs> I don't know why you want to do that, but hey, you you do you. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, we Red or Not was so much fun, and the process of making it was so great that it's like I, we're, we're fully – we're fully like ready to find the next thing. You know, sometimes you finish a project and you're like, shit, I need a break. I need to kind of collect myself, sort of ground myself. We're, we're just, we had such a good time making that movie and we're just ready to be, we're ready to be back, back into something. And I feel like it, it, it shows on screen. You know, sometimes you see, uh, I, I actually just kind of rewatched the first, uh, the, the, the two Rob Zombie Halloweens. And they're, as much as I enjoy that first one, there is something off about that second one. And that's not a bad thing. You can just, but there are, you can feel when the creative team kind of isn't there. Like they're, they're there, but they're not. Oh, is there a story about that on that? I don't know what that is. So he didn't want to do the the second one. Gotcha. And they kind of, kind of like Carpenter where like they came to Carpenter and were like, we want to do a second one. He was like, no, thank you. And then the check came in and he was like, well, all right. Right, you know, right. And I, I feel like that's kind of was the same thing about Halloween Let's make too. Them related, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I felt like on screen with you guys, with Ready or Not, is there was there was an element of fun. Sure, we've got all this crazy stuff going on, but then you've got like these little snippets of like where the sister keeps killing the maids on accident, or <laughs> you know, or or even like I said, Samara Weaving's delivery of lines. Uh, so, but there is just like an element of fun and creativeness that surrounded that movie. So, like, I you can feel that on screen. That's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. It, it was very fun to make, and everybody got along great. And it was like, and we were so under the gun. We shot it in twenty six days. Oh wow! For you know, not relatively not a ton of money, and and it was it was kind of like one of those sink or swim together sort of situations. Sure. And everybody everybody wanted to. Uh, to be, be, swim. be there, you know, so <laughs> everybody, everybody, wanted wanted to, everybody wanted to swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wanted to swim. Is, is there, was there anything that you wanted to put into that flick that you guys couldn't get in? How long do we have? Uh, as long as you want. <laughs> Dude, there was a, in, there was like a post credit scene that we wanted to shoot that we fought, <laughs> we fought to, to get into production, but we just ultimately couldn't happened because of time and money yeah but it was it basically was a took place at a convention hall like three months after the the events of the movie and it followed these like a bunch of these rich white people walking around in this packed kind of convention hall talking about what happened to the Lidomises and they walk through these doors into this giant this giant room and there are thousands of like rich white people and it's clearly like a labelle oh. a labelle convention and the door is closed and you realize oh fuck like all of these rich people they've all made a similar pact sure. in their own way with the same benefactor but we we just, oh my god we, that would have been amazing yeah, and it was the one thing that we were like fuck man we if we had we even thought about just like shooting it 
ourselves in LA, you know, like sure. in post, just steal a camera, I can go fucking <laughs> do it for, for no money. Um, but that was the one thing that was like, fuck man, that would have been a really fun little tag. So you, you mentioned earlier that when you got this script in 2015, is that right? 2012. Yeah. Around then. Okay. 2015 years. Okay. There, that it was longer that this was, it was not a wedding. It was kind of like, Hey, let's go meet the folks. Was there, was there ever a moment where you're just like, we can like, we need to shorten this or was it like, we should shorten this to make it, uh, I guess, more accessible, if that makes sense. Like, did you would you have rather it been, hey, we're just meeting the folks, or do you think that the wedding uh, played better? Oh, I think we're all thrilled with where it ended up. Okay. I mean, yes, totally. The, the Survive the Night Thriller is like one of our favorite kind of subgenres. Yeah. And the, the fact that it kind of became that with sort of on its own is fucking awesome. The, it, it, and it worked. I thought. It, I think. I think the the survive the night and then the uh, the the twisty turns at the end. I thought was uh, there was the moment. You know, I was kind of I was rooting for them, and then when the twist happens, you're just like, oh, well, this will be interesting. I guess we'll see yeah. where we go from here. Um, yeah. So I I I think uh, I kind of wanted to touch on obviously the going back to when we were all growing up was there was there ever a flick that you guys gravitated towards where you like your friends didn't really know about it and you're like dude you have to see this movie like if you haven't seen this you have to sit down and watch this i i kind of think of like evil dead 2 is like the one that i would bring to my friends parties i'm like no 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 i know we want to get hammered but we seriously need to watch this movie and of course i would be told to leave <laughs> man that's a fun one mine was not fun mine was pie Oh no! <laughs> I loved that movie in high school, and that's just not something that you're like, "Hey guys, let's all get together and have a good time watching pot." Sure. <laughs> but I, I, and I, I still to this day love that movie. But that was one that I kept trying to get people, my buddies, to watch, and they just uh, nobody ever really. <laughs> nobody nobody ever that's really, that's really funny. That's funny. I mean, when I was in high school, we watched Speed all the time. Yeah, you um, did. And one of, yeah, we watched, just watched Speed. Um, and then we, uh, one of the earlier films we made, um, we, we made a movie called Slow, where we there was a bomb in the car and you had to go slow. And we just filmed ourselves going slow all over town and having an insanely long line of traffic behind us and everybody getting pissed. Oh, and man. then the big revelation of it all was like, wait, slow, we could be going zero. And the bomb won't go off, so we should just park the park the car. And then we parked the car, and we got up, got outside the car, and jumped up and down as everybody who was in that line of traffic behind us would be like flipping us off and beeping at us. Um, yeah, that's a classic. That's good stuff. But, Real nihilist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what a what a crazy what a, career a, turn that guy has had. Oh, yeah. Not not a turn, but I guess a resurgence. You know, like yeah, I, I, yeah. I resurgence. Yeah, Did yeah. it ever really go away? That, I mean, around. like yeah. you know, like those last two. All right, those last two Matrix movies. Me, yeah. not the best. Yeah. They're not the best. But like, well, yeah. I remember we we did a you know we decided to do John Wick, and we're just like ah eh, you know it's this weird Keanu action movie, and you walk out and you're just like what 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 happened? Like the, how is this as good as it is? And there's two yeah. more, it's... and they're just as good. It's Keanu. <laughs> yeah, it is Keanu. Like that's yeah. yeah now we're getting Bill and Ted three. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh. Yeah. So like, 
usually what I like to ask people is if you could if you could rank not even rank but if you could give me your top five movies not that are the best not that are Oscar winners but what are the top five movies that you could watch on repeat and never get tired of oh great question and they could be garbage movies you know and we don't we don't call them garbage movies on this show we call them deep fried tacos and what a deep fried taco is is you know they aren't good for you right but you love them anyway well done so that's that Um, so well like they could be deep fried tacos they could be oscar they could be whatever you want I feel like we can make. Yeah. Do we? Got, do you guys want to just shout some out as we go? Because yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I mean, I think, can name uh, two off the bat. Yeah, I can. Yeah, go. What are your? What are your good fellows? Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah good. Good fellows feels like an eternal one, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll steal good fellows as well. Uh, the ones that jumped to mind instantly for me are like uh, Joyride. Really, with Paul Walker? Yeah, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, of all time. yeah. In it like a thousand times. And that's actually one too that like when I saw it. I then spent the next decade telling everybody I know, why haven't you seen this movie? Oh, man. It's like everything you want out of a movie. It's well, and that's great. continued. I feel like we still are trying to convince people. That <laughs> <you know. laughs> right. and it, then, well, it was written by some bum. Yeah, that J.J. Abrams guy. What I mean, what, what's yeah. he ever done? Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. So what if he uh, takes over the DC stuff at, Marvel, at Warner Brothers? It's it's just it's just one of the greatest fucking movie movies ever. And then, but North by Northwest is another one that jumps to mind. Where I'm like, I've seen it fucking a thousand times. It never gets old it's for a me. Great one. I kind of still don't really know what it's about. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. On the run, and you know, whatever. Big Trouble in Little China is one of mine. That's, That's one that I'll one. If, if it's on, I'll just I I will watch it. I will fucking watch that movie until it's over. Kurt, um, Kurt Russell is one of those dudes that uh, if you put him anywhere near a, a credit sequence, like if you say he's in this movie, I don't care how small, you you take my money. Yeah, you're hooked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that you know, he I I jokingly tell my dad uh, that Kurt Russell was could have been my dad because they filmed Escape from New York here. Oh shit. In in St. Louis and the, the hotel, that. that's awesome. yeah, the the hotel that Kurt Russell was staying at, my mom was like the front desk clerk. So I'm that just like, I'm great. just saying, Dad, like there might be a chance. He's like, you're an asshole, and I was like, yeah, that's fair. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you, I'm like, he's that's like, amazing. You, you didn't get the looks or the charisma. I was like, you know what? That's fair. That's uh, that's a, I got that from you. So thanks for that. That's funny. So, yeah. Uh, so, anything else? Pump up the ball. Lebowski. Oh, pump, pump up the ball. Yeah, that's a good one. Lebowski. Um, Legend of Billie Jean. Oh, man. I oh, always. That's, that's Helen Slater? Yeah, Helen Slater. Back to the Future's a good one. Always. That's, that's on my list for sure. I feel like. Can we choose like all the Indiana Jones as like one? Except for four. All of the yeah, original, fair trilogy. Enough. <laughs> original trilogy. Four, four is the one that has never take, come out. Like I have that uh, that Blu-ray set, and four is the one that's never come out of the sleeve. That's uh, still on the plastic. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, oh, all right. Well, I feel like I've I've kept you guys rambling for long enough. Uh, do you guys have a a date when Ready or Not will be available for home viewing? Have they given that? See, that's out a yet? great question. I think that it's going to be like question. the first week of November. That's kind of what we've heard, but that is incredibly yeah. unofficial. Sure. No real, no nope. idea. Is there a director's cut? It'll be a lot no. like the cut that came out in the theater. That was going to be my question. <laughs> that was my question. The volume would just be all turned up throughout, like three decibels. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, do you guys have anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? No, I mean go go watch Red, go watch Devils Do. That's what I want to plug. <laughs> so go watch I, fucking Devils Do. Dude, Point I swear. Fox. I I told I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Like I, Thank I, you. I know you guys kind of like wanted to skip over that, and I was acquiescing. But no, no, we're, I really, we're, we're proud of that. We're proud of that movie. It's it's one of those flicks that I feel like it it floated under the radar. Uh, but I just I felt like it was really smart. It was like almost like Ready or Not, where you you were rooting for them. You know what I mean? Like you're rooting for That's awesome. you're rooting for them as a couple. And like as things start to go haywire, just like oh no, there's nothing nothing we can do to help these people. And then you kind of get that ending that you didn't get at Ready or Not. You guys wanted to shoot for Ready or Not, where it's just right. it. I won't Fucking say any, I won't say anything. <laughs> I won't spoil it. But like you get that ending, and you're just like oh no. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I going to continue. Exactly, exactly. And I think that there is a there's an element of. Uh, the the chemistry that everybody has together, I think those the, the two leads, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Zach and Allison. Exactly. Like you could feel their career, like almost like uh, your two leads in Ready or Not. Like you could feel their charisma together, and you believe them. Yep. That's great. I mean, that was yeah. a big part of us with that movie was being like, we just our our main goal is to make it feel like this is a believable couple. Like, because it had to be such a small, intimate movie just sure. by the nature of being found footage. Like, our kind of pitch was like that. It was like almost more romantic than it is like a fucking real in your face genre movie. Yeah, I think that's exactly the way it came up. So I do like, and both uh, Devils Do and Southbound uh, are on Amazon Prime. Or not, I'm sorry, Southbound is on Amazon Prime. I rented Devil's Due because I was Hell that, yeah. I was that committed to oh, you wow. guys. Damn. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No torrents, none of that bullshit. I'm I'm paying I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Uh, <laughs> we can reimburse you the three ninety nine no, or No, I want you guys to have I want you to split that I want you to split that three ways. Right. <laughs> uh yeah, okay. So uh Matt, where can the if you want them to find you online, where can they find you? I I'm I think I'm on like Twitter. That's just my last name, but Nelly Alpin. All right, and uh, gentlemen, anybody else? If one, if, they, if Chad, uh, yeah. same. I think we're all socials, right? Our names at uh, like on every platform. Chad Bellello, yeah, at Chad Bellello, yeah. And then we're at yeah. high, high Radio Silence, H I Radio Silence. And also, like I said, go check out that sequence and that first volume. You guys didn't have anything in volume two, right? No, no, okay. no. So go check out the first volume of of VHS. Uh, the segment is called tw- uh, 103198. It's an awesome little haunted house story. Uh, that's what, like seven minutes, six minutes? I think it's like 15. 17. Is it yeah. really? God, I, mean, I, yeah. I feel like I just watched it and it flew right by. It, it was quick. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's very fast. Uh, and that's going to wrap us up. Once again, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Butts, B U T T S 21. Don't forget to follow Real Spoilers on Twitter at Real Spoilers. You can also join the League of Show Shares. Uh, on facebook and you can join the conversation there uh gentlemen again thank you so much it's been a blast i i really do appreciate you guys taking the time dude thank you so much that was awesome yeah so fun (laughs) all right i'll let you guys get back to your life we'll we'll talk to you later all right right. bye Bye. thanks 
This bride can't wait to be a part of your family. Is here for the right reasons. Your vows were beautiful. But his family hide and seek is playing games. Good luck. On August 23rd. They think they have to kill you before sunrise. I just saw her run. Oh my god! I gotta put on my game face. She's you're not rated R. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.